Hello, welcome to the Lansing Area Church of Christ's weekly message podcast. If you'd like to learn more about LACC, please visit us online at lansingchurch.org. It's been a while since we've had anything posted to this podcast feed. Um, We've had a number of issues this summer, both technical and otherwise, that have prevented us from being able to capture audio from our services. Those have been fixed, and we hope to be able to resume weekly episodes from today. This week, Josh Lutz kicks off a new sermon series called Starting Point. Today's message is called Why Story. Hey guys, it's so good to be with you this morning. I hope you're excited about the end of the story. The end of the story is that we're going to be at home in heaven with the Lord. That's going to be awesome. You know, a lot of our songs today, uh, by design, have been about the story about the story, because that's the, the episode that we just listened to. Why story? Well, all these songs that we've been singing this morning are about the story. I love to tell the story, the story of amazing grace, the story at the end of the story, where I'm going to be at home with the Lord in heaven. Uh, it's, it's just a good, it's good to think about the story, to tell the story, to be excited about the story. That's what we're talking about this morning. Before we go any further, though, I do want to read Psalm 117, and then we'll say a prayer says this in Psalm 117, praise the Lord, all you nations, extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Let's say a prayer together. God, we're excited to be here this morning. Uh, we know that you have brought all of the people that are here into this community to help uh, with their story. As they seek you, as they discover who you are, as they discover who they are in light of you, God, and your character, uh, God, we're excited to be able to be here and explore your story and how it involves us and how you've taken us in uh, to be part of this great narrative. God, we do want to praise you all of us from wherever we've come, uh, knowing that your love is great and that your faithfulness endures forever. God, we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So I I realize that we're still in the beginning of going through uh, a new cycle, a new rhythm of how we're going to be doing things uh, here in the Lansing Area Church of Christ. And so I want to just remind us about the flow uh, really quickly. And so let's go through these slides here. Uh, the first one here, we're in Thread, right? So Thread is the podcast that then has all of the resources that we're going to plug into as we go through this biblical narrative through the lens of story and spirituality, uh, and then use all of the resources to help dive deeper as we look for our place in that narrative. Um, if you haven't done so already, I want to encourage you, it's not too late to do this, uh, but get the app. It's now available on Apple and Android. Uh, it's really exciting to see how many people have downloaded it already, but please go ahead and make sure that you do that because it's a great one-stop shop for all things Thread. And, and if you do nothing else, if you got that, you'll be able to kind of keep on track with what we're doing here at church. Um, you will need that code L-A-C-O-C, and then it's all free for you, right? Again, I want to just remind us, before Sunday, we're going to listen to an episode, and then on Sunday, you're going to hear a sermon based on that episode 
that you uh, just listened to. And then after Sunday, you get to dive into all the resources of the things that we just heard about in the sermon and in the podcast. And so in the beginning, it was just there was just one to work with. But now we're in the territory of you're hearing a sermon today and then the resources for today's sermon begin tomorrow. So you don't have to have tried to got, gotten through all that stuff yet. Uh, we're going to just start together on Monday to work through those daily devotionals. Uh, I wanted to just show you this because we did this yesterday. Uh, actually, we forgot about the family devotional until later in the week. And I'm like, I got to do the family devotional. And so we did that. Uh, oh, let me just skip. And so the, the yes, or last week's sermon was our image of God. And so the family devotional was uh, that we all were to draw what we thought of when we pictured God. Right, and so uh, Michelle's had a little bit of a Trinity thing going. Mine, God was just like big, and he has a beard because he, you know, if I'm made in his image, then God has a beard. Right, that's just how it works. Uh, but I love, like, so Esther's is the yellow blob man. Uh, but then when we read the scripture that God is like a mighty warrior, she's like, oh, then he needs a flaming sword. And then she drew a flaming sword and a bow and arrow to go along with him. So that was, that was us talking about, well, what does the Bible say about what God is like? Well, God is a mighty warrior who fights for you. And she's like, oh, well, then he's going to need some stuff to do that with. And I'm like, okay, amen. And then so she drew that. Uh, but it just, just really great little thing to help the kids with processing through this as well. And so that, that's kind of how that's designed to work, that you could use these resources through the work or through the week to, uh, take the story deeper. Um, there's so much in there that if you were just to grab onto a little, a little bit of it, um, it's going to help you go deeper with, uh, one another, uh, deeper with your family, uh, deeper in your own relationship with God as you understand your place in God's story. Amen. The first sermon series that we're in, we're calling it Starting Point. And it's a helpful, uh, it's a helpful thing to do to just reassess how we're starting and what we're taking with us. Last week we talked about uh, the packing the bag and what's in the bag and what do I really need with me on my journey as I'm going through. But today we're going to get uh, into specifically your story, and we're going to try to use some of the concepts from that podcast and, and, and go a little bit deeper with it. You know, as we learn to see and to appreciate the power of our story and God's role in our story, it's going to lead to us sharing that story joyfully. You know, when you're confused and when it feels like you're overwhelmed, it's hard to take a big step back and see the big picture. But when you're able to do that, it provides a lot of clarity and then it actually makes your current circumstances that you're going through more bearable. When you see that there's a reason for your suffering or perseverance and that it, prov- it produces something in you, it, you begin to gain some perspective on what God might be doing in your life and, and through your circumstances. It's like the back of a tapestry. And uh, this illustration was used in the podcast that on the back side of the tapestry, it just is a big tangled mess. And it's hard to see really what all of those threads are doing in the grand picture, or in the grand design. 
But eventually, when you turn it around, you can see that there, there is some method to the madness. There's a reason for all of that messiness. And this is how our life can feel sometimes. That behind the scenes, man, this is a mess. You know, but we can, we can see how God can work through our mess and in our messy lives. And we can see how He puts Himself into our lives to, to, to help uh, bring some clarity and some reason and some purpose. We're going to be in Psalm 107 today. Um, and we're going to start here in the beginning, 1 through 3. I'll read that here in a moment. Psalm 107 is uh, the, the first psalm of the fifth book of psalms. You might not have even known that, right? The whole book of psalms is broken up into five pieces. And so the beginning psalm that starts the new book is kind of like a title page that gives you some hints about some themes that are going to show up later in the rest of that book of psalms. And the psalms of book 5 are generally focusing on redemption and praise. And that's probably because they were likely written after the return from the Babylonian exile. And so as you think about these psalms and their placement in Israel's history, you can see why the theme of redemption and praise may come up frequently in those psalms. Because for a long time, God's people were enslaved. But then, as they were brought out of that situation, there was celebration and redemption and perspective gained on what they went through. Does that make sense? Good. You know, everybody in our church has a redemption story or is in the middle of your redemption story. Really, the whole world, as it's groaning, is in the process of a grand redemption story. But we go through this and we can see the principles that are here in this psalm. And so we're going to spend a good amount of time in it this morning. Let's read in verse 1. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those He redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those He gathered from the lands, from east and west from north and south. I love that phrase, and I've got it here on the screen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. <laughs> say something about being redeemed. You know, later we're going to see a baptism, and we're going to do the thing that we often do when someone get ba- gets baptized. We're going to sing the song, I've been redeemed. And I've been redeemed by the blood of the land. And, and that's not all. There's more besides. That's part of the song. It's it's a story saying, hey, look at this thing that happened for me. That's the redeemed saying so. Saying something about it. Not keeping it to themselves. This psalm is likely written after Judah returned from exile in Babylon. So it makes sense as this psalm is saying, God gathered them in from the lands, from the east and the west and the north and the south. God had something that he was working on. He was redeeming the people. Like Israel, we all do have a powerful redemption story. If you were even to just take a little bit of time to try to follow along the narrative that your life would have taken on, if you had not encountered God, you can just 
imagine where you may have been. I know where I may have been, and I don't like it. I don't like to think about it too much. I'm glad that God put me actually in the family that he put me in and put me in the scenario that he put me in because I don't know that with those, if I didn't have those pieces, I don't know that there would have been hope for me. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm grateful for my redemption story and I, I would encourage you to think about your own as well. It's powerful when you consider your redemption story and the places where you would have gone or the situation you would have found yourself in if God didn't show up and redeem you. You know, when we understand and we, re, and we appreciate our redemption story, God wants us to share that story and to not forget about it. You know, we, we, stories are motivating. And so when you're able to share a story, your story, that is actually the best tool that you have to engage with the gospel in a practical way and then relate it to someone else. When you're able to tell your story, God can use that in a great way for other people as well. We're going to read four, uh, four different sections, and they're basically four different versions of the story that we all share. And so I want to, I want to encourage us to just imagine these as four different uh, maybe people, or maybe you even identify with one of these stories, but let's try to read this in an imaginative way. Here, Psalm 107, we're going to read 4 through 9. This is one vignette of the redemption story. To some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. For they were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. For He satisfies the thirsty and He fills the hungry with good things. This is the story of independence to interdependence with God. This is the story of loneliness to community. There's someone that's wandering out in a desert wasteland. They're looking for something, but they, they can't find a city or a group where they fit in or where, where they can settle. They're hungry, they're thirsty, they've got need, and, and they don't know how these needs are going to be filled. But then God shows up and he leads them to a straight way till they reach a city to dwell in, a place to land, a place to be there uh, to be in community with others. You know, maybe this is your story, feeling like, man, you were just trying to make it out on your own, and it wasn't working. <laughs> You're like, this is not producing any fruit. I'm finding myself in a barren wasteland. <laughs> but then God shows up. God shows up and uh, allows us uh, to enter into something more, something of purpose, with community with others and with Him. You know, it's, it's hard enough to, to, to build good relationship. And then you add in sin on top of that, and it's a relationship killer. It, but but th- this is what God does. He, take, he takes that away. He takes that away. And this hungering and thirsting that our souls are longing for, He takes away. 
I wanted to share a story, and I'm, I'm spending a little bit longer on this first section because uh, I want to share this story about um, two people that Michelle and I met when we were in Vermont. It's just amazing how God works uh, in, in some people's lives, in all of our lives, but in, in amazing ways. So there was a, a sister that, was, that had moved to Vermont uh, with Michelle and myself and about a dozen others who were doing a one-year challenge. And this sister's name was Evelyn. And she, uh, she worked at the local Starbucks. She was just a member of the church, just trying to help out, do what she could do. And she rode her bike everywhere. And she rode her bike everywhere. She uh, shared her faith all the time as well um, and was always looking for someone, you know, to share, to share with. And uh, she was really good at that. It was a great skill of hers. Um, I've, I've not met many other people like her. I'm not so good at it, uh, but I was doing what I could do on campus with me and two other brothers, and we were do- playing pickup football games. And uh, this one guy uh, we were reaching out to, uh, he was on the rugby team, and I think he just looked at me and was like, that's a small guy that I can hurt. I'd love to play with them. So he, he joins in and plays our, our, our you know, our, our we were playing like tackle football. It's just dumb. But we were playing football out on the quad at the University of Vermont. This big, hairy, sweaty guy. And he just loved beating on us. Uh, and I think it made him feel good about himself. Right. So he's there. And we're inviting him to church, of course. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know I should go to church. I know I should go to church. I will go to church. Uh, not, not now, though. Not now. I don't, I don't want to. Where was he at the time? He was in the barren wasteland. He was trying to do it on his own. He was living an individualistic life, and there was sin in the way that was preventing him from doing what he knew that he ought to do. And he was also dating a girl, and that was, that was part of the thing, too. He didn't want to give up this relationship. He's like, okay, yeah, I will, I will, I will. Fast forward uh, a couple of weeks later. Evelyn, uh, who I was talking about before, is riding her bike around town. And so she's riding her bike and she gets hit by a car as she's driving her bike around. Uh, it wasn't a ser- like a very serious crash, but she got hit by a car, <laughs> so much so that it knocks her off her bike. And uh, the person was kind enough, like, thank God, that she got on. Oh, my God, are you okay? Are you okay? What can I do? And she's like, you know, she's straightening up her helmet, like dusting herself off. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just, just come to church with me, and, and hands this girl a church card. Hey, come to church with me. Like, how do you say no to that? <laughs> how do you say no to that? And then so things progress, uh, you know, and, and she's just like uh, very grateful that she's not going to go to court or something. She's like, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, I will, I will. I'll go to church. I'll come to church this week. Ryan and, 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 and the guys are playing football on the quad, right? And we say, Ryan, come on. It's got, it, we, we, you gotta, you gotta come to church. You gotta, we, we, we would love for you to come to church. He's like, you know, I, I had a little bit of a health scare over the weekend. I had these weird heart palpitations and like I had to go to the ER. I gotta get right. I gotta get right. I'll come to church with you guys, but, you, you guys won't believe this, but I promised my girlfriend that I would go to church with her because, I mean, you're not going to believe this, but she hit somebody with her car and then she invited, she invited them to come to church. <laughs> and then so 
I'm like, that's crazy. And this is before we heard the, the story that Evelyn had been hit by her car. So we didn't know at the time. But so Ryan and the girl's name is Katie. They're making their plans for the weekend about where they're going to go to church. And they both take out their invite cards. Like, the invite cards match. It's the same church. We got to go to this church. Right. So any, long, long story short, they, they both get baptized. Uh, they're your brother and sister in Christ. And now they're like helping to lead uh, the campus ministry and the young professionals ministry out there in Vermont. Some wander in a desert wasteland and they find no city to, to dwell in. But then God straightens it out and gives them a place that they're going to belong. I just wanted to share the story because it, uh, it's, it's encouraging to me when I, when I think about it. Um, it, it, really, it really helps me see the big picture that God's always working. We don't know how he's working. Let's, let's carry on here to verse 10 through 16. It says this, Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor, and they stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze, and he cuts through bars of iron. This, I believe, is the story of distress to deliverance. It says that some were sitting in darkness, in the shadow of death. They're prisoners, enslaved to something. But he brought them out, and he burst their bonds. He broke their chains. This, is, this redemption story is one where people are experiencing times of trouble, and it's hard to break out of those times of trouble. This isn't just having a bad day, but it's being in a situation where you know that something must dramatically change in order for you to get back on track, or really maybe to get on a track at all. Maybe they've never been on one. It could be something like, uh, like depression that you carry with you uh, and, and continue to car- carry with you, uh, a mental or, or emotional uh, trouble that's just there. And God sees those things. God sees you in those struggles. There could be addictions that are at play. There could be all sorts of struggles. But God says, I see you in that struggle, and I'm ready to redeem you from that as well. Not that all of these things would go away, but that God would say, I'm going to be with you and bring you out of the darkness. I feel like something that falls into this category are folks that just have a, a great amount of uh, family uh, drama and baggage. You were just born into a situation that was tough, that was difficult. And you had to fight uphill to get to a place where you could be on solid ground. And God says, I see you in that situation. I'm grateful for your struggle. But ultimately, He's the one that redeems us. And God can break the bonds apart. Psalm 107, 17 to 22, there's another. You know, and each of these begin with some, right? Some. Some were in this situation. Some were in that situation. Here's another situation for us to consider. That some became fools through their rebellious ways. They suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. 
They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He sent out His word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of His works with joy, with songs of joy. This is another story, one that is familiar to some of us, the story of rebellion, a story that goes from rebellion to redemption. There are some that just decided, I'm not doing that, I'm going to do what I want. And the Bible calls those people fools. It says some people became fools through their rebellious ways. Sometimes fools know what they're doing. Uh, Sometimes they don't. Either way, it's foolish when you say, nope, don't want to do that. I want to do my own thing. It says that they, uh, they were fools through their sinful ways. And because of their foolishness, they, their iniquities, they suffered affliction. And isn't that so often the case, that we create trouble for ourselves because of our foolishness? But God, even in a situation where there's a fool at the helm driving life, He can say, I'm going to deliver them from destruction. I'm going to get in the driver's seat and help this story become a redemption story of mine. It's in our nature to rebel. Uh, it's in our nature to go against. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe even if somebody has a good idea and they say, we should do this, just for the fact that they said it, maybe in, in your pridefulness, you just, nah, I want to do my own thing. Or I, want to, I want to make the decision myself. God says even in our rebellion, he can weave in a redemption story. His desire for us is to show grace that is even greater than our sin. Last one here in Psalm 107, 23 to 32. A bigger chunk. We're going to read it all. It says, Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of God, His wonderful deeds in the deep. For He spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. And they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm. And He guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt Him in the assembly of the people and praise Him in the council of the elders. This is the story of worldliness to worship. You know, it's, it's interesting. These, these sailors, they go out, these merchants go out on the ships. They're kind of doing what the world does trying to seek after some kind of worldly success. And so they embark on some kind of risky journey across the sea, maybe for a bigger business deal or maybe just as part of what they need to do as they pursue that end. But they quickly realize, even with their best efforts, even if they're generally good sale, like salesmen, you see what I did there? Yeah. They still are not ultimately in control. The world is a dangerous place, and if any of us could just set our hubris and our pride aside for a moment, 
we would realize that there's very little, actually, that we are in control of in this world. If you've ever suffered a, like an allergic reaction to something and then it was hard to breathe, or for whatever reason, some part of your body is just not doing what it's supposed to do, <laughs> like, what happened? You start to realize that all of our breath, every step that we take, everything is a gift from God and we really have very little control over those things. Sometimes we have to interact with the world and go through some really tough times to start to realize that. But when we're totally worn out uh, by the wind and the waves that the world throws at us, God wants to be a sanctuary for us and redeem us from a pursuit of just worldliness. He can calm the storm and He can give personal peace and rest to you even in the middle of the storm. We're going we're gonna to close here uh, with, this, with this idea here in Psalm 107.42. And I think it's a good thesis for this whole section. We looked at four different redemption stories. And maybe one of them applied more to you than the others. There's the story of worldliness to worship or rebellion to redemption or distress to deliverance or the story of independence to interdependence with God. Any one of these or some combination of them may be our story. But there's some common themes in each of them. In all of them, the people realized that without God, they weren't going to be able to have redemption. And so they cried out to God. We should consider, remember this part of your story. When you were at the place where you cried out to God, realizing, God, I can't do this by myself. I need you. I need you to redeem me. Or maybe you're currently in this need right now, and you haven't quite gotten there. It hasn't quite clicked Maybe it's clicking now. I can't do this without God. God, I'm going to need your help. And so that's the first step, to cry out. Once somebody is able to see it, and in all of these stories, we, we got to this point. When somebody was able to see it, they were glad and thankful. There is so much power in reflecting on what God has done already in your life and reflecting on that with gratitude, and just a heart of thankfulness to say, God, man, I am so grateful that you did this. I'm so grateful that you allowed me to be redeemed from myself, from my sin, from my foolishness, from my independence, from my worldliness. God, thank you. Each each of these stories should have a part where we thank the Lord for his steadfast love. God was always there. He was steady. It was us that that was not or are not. And then there's that idea that we began with, to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know, when we understand how great His love is for us, it means that the natural expression would be an overflow of this story that you then tell to other people. We tell our redemption story clearly because it's a tool that we can use to encourage ourselves and others to also join in on this great narrative. We can fail to see how God is working if we don't talk about it. But when we talk about it, others can be encouraged and inspired. This verse here says, The upright see it and are glad. There is a sense of peace 
of, of joy, gratitude, thankfulness that is right there for you to experience if you're able to recognize, God, I'm grateful for what you did. Thank you uh, for redeeming me in my story. You know, we, we looked at the, the, the mess of the tapestry before. And our lives so often do look like this. But when God turns it around, there's a lot more order and we can see, oh, that's what it was supposed to look like. And really, if we were to zoom out even further, you could see how your part of the story goes along with everyone else's as well. Hopefully, prayerfully, we will see this great tapestry someday uh, where we fit in to God's story. Uh, I want to give you this last challenge as we end. Uh, each week, we're going to have a first steps challenge. And so the challenge for this week is to learn to tell your story. Maybe you are really practiced at this. Maybe you've got it down. Uh, but maybe you could work on how you might tell your story. And maybe you've worked on your 30-minute version of your story. But maybe you need to figure out how you can tell your story in 30 seconds or in three minutes. What's your elevator pitch story? What's your elevator pitch of your redemption story? What's your communion length story? You know, but work on your story, and there are some, uh, some great tools uh, in the app that can help you explore that this week as we all uh, tell our stories. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Lansing Area Church of Christ. While we're happy to share this message via podcast, we'd love to pray and worship with you in person. To learn more about our services or to connect with us, please visit us at lansingchurch.org. Have a great week and go with God. Thank you.